I'm Ryan Castle, and it is Super Bowl Showtime. Oh. Can you feel it? Feel that in your soul? If this song doesn't get you pumped up, if this song doesn't make you want to run through a wall, it makes me at least want to like run out to the 45-yard line and catch an over-the-shoulder shoestring catch. 100%. Something like that. And yeah. as a company man, I feel proud to be able to represent as a member of Fox Sports. And this say, is our roots. This might be. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is our roots. This is exactly where we came this from. This is where we met. This is where we became friends. Yeah, Working yeah. in this studio on Sundays. Absolutely. And to this day, I still think it might be the best football theme that we have. 1,000%. Well, I'm obviously impartial to the autumn wind for a lot of reasons. That brings me to this. As much as we love what that brings to the table, what does this do to your soul? Did you dial this up? for me it's uh, not the autumn wind you're just saying it now because you're comparing uh, it to the autumn wind this makes me want to go out in the sludge and rain and run a halfback draw into like 350 pound linemen with two bars on their front helmet linemen were barely over 200 pounds back in i know the but in my fantasy they're the biggest dudes and on the planet and i'm taking on headstrong i'm just saying this song makes me think hard-nosed football at its finest all right I'm gonna do this for you. Just because I think it's awesome. It's probably the most respectable thing about the Raiders organization. That's not true. However, I will say this. Only the Raiders could pull off having a poem as their anthem and have you feeling just so jacked, so right. pumped up. I don't think only they could, I think just only they did. And uh, that too. immediately, I don't want to make our Super Bowl special too much about the Raiders. It shouldn't right be about the Raiders because the Raiders in the Super Bowl yeah, are they don't pretty mix. much on opposite Not end. since 1984. However, 2001. Shut up. Yes. However. Uh, when was the last time they won? 2002, actually. But they didn't win since 84. I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. But you're a Dodger fan, so we could go back and have that conversation too. You know, this is the wrong year to try to talk <laughs> smack on my sports teams, okay? <laughs> because it is the Super Bowl edition of the Three Things We Gotta Talk About podcast. And guess who is finding themselves in the big dance? My bad boy Niners, which of course is the reason. Well, that's not the reason. I mean, I wanted to get another episode. It's episode 13, which is a milestone on its own, I think. It's a lucky number. Yeah, and we haven't ever discussed sports on this podcast, which... We kind of have. Not really. You no. and I did our first... We've talked way more about 90s R&B than we have anything that's sports true, related. That's true, but if you remember... We did this, the Bad Sports Fan Hall of Fame. Bad, bad Sports Fan. And fans. that was about it. So now it being the biggest week of the sports year in Super Bowl Sunday, just around the corner. I think it's perfect timing for us to do the Super Bowl Sunday edition of the three things we got to talk about podcast. And if I'm going to get sportsy, I got to go with my old Fox Sports news desk hombre, my Staples Center Lakers fan interviewee, Smack Talk, fellow Smack Talk that. participant, the guy I like to talk shit about sports with more so than anybody else. Juan Hernandez. Oh, I'm honored. How about that? In the building. I like that. So we're usually coming from either the Castle Tower or the Castle Dungeon. This is the first episode and from the Wano three? Tower. Yeah, what do we call it? It's the Wano this Tower? This is the tower. I instinctively started calling it the tower. It, was it because of the Castle Tower? Did it influence the decision there at all? No. It is a bit of a tower. It it's, it's a tower. This yeah. is a legitimate tower. That's why. We're on the top floor of a beautiful old Hollywood apartment that I'm really excited about. We're I'm looking, looking at the Knickerbocker right out the window. The it is a fantastic view of downtown. I'm excited to come on the city out here with you. So where better to start? Then Super Bowl Sunday, just around the corner. Do you know what that means? It means we gotta talk about at least three things. We got some things we gotta talk about. So I think it's about that time we toss it up to the rundown. And-
end. We get into thing number one. Thing number one. Oh wait, did I just steal the sound effect from you? I'll play both. Number one. You actually may be better than the deep voice sound effect. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you respect to that. So what's our first thing? Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Ooh, I know exactly what it is. Super Bowl edition. Yes. Yes. So we got, like, let's lay this on the line right out the gate. Okay. We got a lot of things we got to talk about with Super Bowl Sunday. At least three. We're going to divide it into three subjects. Super Bowl Sunday is an experience that everybody is very familiar with. It's a national holiday. Yeah. Arguably, it battles Easter for the most legendary Sunday of the year. Hold on. Easter for the most legendary Sunday. Are there any other big Sundays? Those are the two. Those are the main two that are battling Master it up. Sunday. I usually don't even know Master Sunday's happening until it's like happening. Unless it's on Easter it Sunday. Not even. Because that happens sometimes. Everybody knows that Super Bowl is happening. Everybody knows what they're going to do, where they are, where they were when Super Bowls were happening. I don't know exactly when we got to this point when it became a national holiday, but it's treated basically like a national holiday. It really is. It is. Super Bowl Monday should be... It should be a day off. Yeah. yeah, okay, I can get with you on that. Point is, we all know the experience that uh, Super Bowl Sunday brings. So what we're going to run through right now is the various experiences that Super Bowl Sunday brings and determine if they are overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Properly rated. Having a Super Bowl party. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Hmm. I'll say attending a Super Bowl party. I'm in two camps on this one. One time in my lifetime where my team played in the Super Bowl, I made damn sure not to go to a Super Bowl party. That's the one when the Raiders got blown out by the Buccaneers? That is the one where the Raiders got absolutely trucked they by got, the Bucks. They got grudened. They got smoked. Yeah. Um, it was not a fun day. I think I had one or two friends that came over to my place. Uh, we watched the game with my dad, and it was not enjoyable. Oh my god, that sounds like the worst Super Bowl it, party ever. It wasn't knowing, a party. Knowing, it wasn't knowing, a party. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be a Super Bowl party. knowing the result, knowing you when you watch your team get smoked, uh, yeah, it sounds like Yeah, I just wanted at that point to be sequestered. I wanted to be partitioned off from any Super Bowl madness. I knew all I wanted to do was sit down, focus on that game with my dad, I cannot imagine how horrendous that experience would have been if, if you I had, had been, been surrounded by a bunch of bandwagon by, yahoos, or just a random bunch of, people who decided they were Bucks yeah, fans that a day. Ran, just a bunch a of random people who just don't generally yeah. watch the sport. Right. And, and like, so basically, your so your answer to this is: if you have a dog in the fight, solitary confinement, don't do a Super Bowl. Party. If you don't care about who's in the game, don't do though, a Super Bowl don't do Super Bowl parties, even with it, when you don't care about who's in it, you're not into oh, the Oh, if you, if you don't care about who's in it, yeah. go. But even then, I've caught myself at some Super Bowl parties because a Super Bowl party is such a social thing, right? Yeah. Like, you're around a bunch of people who, for the most part, don't actually appreciate or know or even like football. Yeah. And if you somehow find yourself getting caught up in the game, that's a recipe for disaster if you're surrounded by all those people. It, it depends on the, how invested in the game you become. I would say, though, if because it's the Super Bowl and it's a, it's the one game of the year that there's so many other people that want to get in on the festivities with you, I think, uh, yeah, if somebody wants to throw a good Super Bowl party, I'm all for it. I don't necessarily want to be the one responsible to throw it, but if I have a neighbor down the street that's like, yeah, I'm having people over, got my big screen, we're going to have food drinks. I'm there. I'll watch the game there. I've had times when I had to work at places that were not ideal for watching football. So when I have the opportunity to go to a good Super Bowl party, I'm with it. I'm down. Okay. So I would, so but, so we didn't rate them though. Oh, that's right. That was the point of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, 
Super Bowl parties, underrated, overrated, properly rated. You know what? Just because I'm gonna say I can understand both sides of the coin, properly rated. That's a hard proper rated to me. Properly rated. Like I don't, I definitely don't think it's underrated. It's, it's not underrated. Because everybody knows that it's, it's not happening. underrated. So yeah, it's no, not. It's, it's an easy. That's an easy one. It's properly. That's rated. an easy properly rated. Okay. Let's let's move on to the next one. Hot wings. I'm gonna just jump in there because you're hesitating. Overrated for me. I love the taste of some buffalo chicken. Can we get the bones out of that? Can we get all the disaster that is consuming them? I shouldn't need nine napkins in the vicinity for yeah. me to enjoy a piece of chicken. Yeah, I'm with you. Way too many bones. You're selling Way me Way too on much this. sauce. You're selling me. When people that are really into wings, they're always just like, yeah, you just go after it, you don't care. I'm like, I don't yeah. want sauce all over my face. Yeah. I don't want to have to have my entire arms all the way up to my elbows doused in whatever sauce has been overly applied it's... to the wings. If you had a boneless bite right there, I would have popped that in my mouth. It been delicious and I would have been done with it 18 And you know what? I paused because I didn't really know what to make about it because hot wings are delicious. They're incredible. However, they're never as good as boneless. Never. Never as good as boneless. No. Right? Not boneless is the jam. Yeah. In bone wings, they're messy. So messy. They're messy and they take effort. I've never understand the logic of the people who get on you for not just completely cleaning the bone on a wing. Oh, people love to get right? that. Wing connoisseurs kind of love to attack you. cleans the bone. Here's the thing, I don't look at you as some kind of evolved human for doing that. I actually think that's a very primal way of eating food. You always have those guys at a Super Bowl party be like, ah, oh, feed a whole nation in Africa with the amount of meat you left on that bone. Get yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't do that, that for anything. If a guy left the crust of a sandwich, you wouldn't come after him like, ah, oh, come on. There's yeah, still yeah. plenty of bread left over there. Look at that, it's half a tomato. That only happens with wings. We need to get rid of that guy. It's one of those food items that has way too much pride with those who excel in consuming it. Okay, so, so chicken wings? Under overrated. 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 We're on the same page. All right, let's get a little sportsy now. You ready? Let's get into a little football now. People have waited long enough. Having one Super Bowl ring. Referring to players. One Super Bowl has not two, not three. No, that's just one. Overrated, properly rated, underrated. Underrated. Okay. Having one Super Bowl ring can change our entire perspective. Now that I'm in my 30s, I like recognize. You know, we grew up thinking that's like the pinnacle and that's what you work for your whole life. Man, I look back on it now, I'm like, this is kind of sad to think that I peaked at 24 years old. I might actually argue right? that it's professional athletes that make us think that you're supposed yes. to be in your prime. They 100% In do. your 20s and, so, and early 30s. Exactly, and so yeah. where I'm going with this is that's the only thing that anybody looks at, right? So you have those maybe 10 years, even though the average NFL career is what, three and a half years, I think, to win one ring. And you could be Dan Marino, one of the all-time greats, never won a ring. Or you could be Trent Dilfer, won one ring, this guy's still cashing checks from ESPN. Yep. That's all it took. I might actually go overrated on this one. I think a lot of players uh, getting that one ring has completely bailed them out from a lifetime of being the Dan Marino figure. That's why I'm saying it's underrated. You're that's, saying it's that's underrated. Exactly what I'm, I'm saying, saying it's saying, overrated. I'm saying that single accomplishment changes everybody else's perspective, and okay. therefore I would imagine I it changes your own perspective of everything that you worked for. Now, I'm sure Dan Marino was really psyched about his career and everything yeah. like that, but he's the, the penultimate. You have that conversation of who are the greatest of all times, you think, mm, yeah, but he didn't. Especially because he got the only Super Bowl he got to was his rookie year. 
Think about it this way. You peaked at 22. Let's bring in today's perspective. Everybody right now, as Pat Mahomes is heading into his first Super Bowl, mm -hmm. is saying, Pat Mahomes, I can't tell you how many times this week I've heard he's the best player in football he's. right now. And he's earning it. But if he loses this game, imagine he never even gets to the Super Bowl again. That was Dan Marino. That paints. He made it his rookie year. Everybody must have been saying at that time, ah, like, oh, Dan Marino, he's gonna have plenty of them. He's yeah. gonna have like two or three of these by the time he's done. Yeah. Never even sniffed the big yeah. game again. I know the prompt was one Super Bowl ring, yeah. but one guy we were just talking about who just retired is Eli Manning. Mm -hmm. Eli Manning won two, but outside of those two Super Bowls, the perception is that his career was very underwhelming. But right. he's the guy who took two Super Bowl rings from Tom Brady. You're right. And right. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna my continue. point is that that accomplishment of winning even just one ring it overcomes so much. And in fact, I would throw another guy in the hat that one ring buys him so much good graces across the board, not even just him as an athlete, but even him as a person, Aaron Rodgers. Definitely. One ring. They would be talking he, about it every year. Exactly. When's and he going to get the big because one? Because he won that one ring, it got the mm -hmm. monkey off his okay. back. We did the same thing with Peyton Manning. I'm going to agree with you on this because... Eli Manning, you take away his two magical runs where he ended up knocking off just not just anybody but the vaunted Patriots and for a long time was the only one to do so, is discussed in the Hall of Fame discussion. Mm -hmm. You take away those two playoff runs, and I understand you can't do that, but and you take Peyton's him away. Younger brother. He's Peyton's younger brother that was never really very good. Yeah. He was a very just mediocre quarterback mm -hmm. for the majority of his career. But we all have to acknowledge those two Super Bowls, and because of that, he has Hall of Fame talk. And you know what? I wouldn't even be surprised if he got in. To the opposite side of that, we go to uh, Aaron Rodgers, who gets thrown into the GOAT conversation, mm -hmm. and it's like, uh... Pass it the eye test. When we talk Dodger baseball, Right here's here's my 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 thing with Dodger baseball. Gonna find time, a way right? to work Dodger baseball. In you every, know, every just episode. my point. Being somebody who grew up hating that team, you always have an intuition. You always have a gut instinct about them. Just like this game coming up right here, the Chiefs are the Dodgers of the NFL. The Chiefs find a way to blow it when it most counts. My gut tells me Niners are gonna win this game just because the Chiefs won't win it because they never do. In their five six decades. In existence, they always find a way to blow it. I don't look at the Chiefs as a team that always blows it because they've you just don't? never been a team that's very good. That's not true. They've been like a decent no. team, but they've never been like a Super Bowl caliber no, 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 team. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Back don't in the even 90s, bring up Marcus Allen. Marcus I know. Marcus Allen and Joe I Montana. Right. He was over the hill by that point. That's not. He wasn't close to bringing a most Super Bowl once he was on the Chiefs. They definitely played in at least one AFC championship. They got to game. maybe one. At they were getting one. trained by the at Bills at one. that time. Yeah, they've always been a good team. I can never remember the Chiefs being but like a bad team. Your point, my point. But your I don't point remember them the being thing. a team that blew it in the big game. Your They're point, just not been good enough to get over. Your the point and my point are the same thing. Your gut instinct about the Chiefs has always been, yeah, they're. They're okay, they're, they're good. But they never they're have the pieces to be a but Super Bowl they team. won't win it all. Here's my And comp. my point is, being somebody who grew up rooting against the Chiefs my entire life, I've never actually felt threatened that they would then go out and win a ring. This is why this game on Sunday is the most important game in Chiefs history. Because right now, for the first time probably in their existence, they have all the pieces to be a Super Bowl champion. And they've steamrolled their way there after falling behind the last two games. They completely trounced both their opponents by looking like the best team in the NFL this year. The Niners, I think, look like the best team in the NFL. But the, but that might be a little bit of bias on my part in seeing that, but I'm seeing the best team. 
These are two juggernauts that are about to run head on. But what I'm getting at is if the Chiefs find a way to blow us, especially if say the Chiefs get up 21 to three and then blow it, then everything you're saying becomes that much more magnified because then they will become the team let me that blows that it in the big game. Let me let me rewind it. Especially say, with Andy Reid. Yeah, I could see that. I, I guess I guess the way I'm looking at it is again like my gut instinct has always said, I don't care how good the Chiefs are, they're just not gonna pull it off. Right, just well, like I don't care if Clayton Kershaw wins 30 games, he's gonna blow it in game seven. Yeah, I know you're gonna make series. this about Kershaw. And then, Look, and then. Uh, I hope they do blow this one, but I don't think it's going to be because they did anything they do wrong. I just think the Niners are going to just bring their A game. Their I defense hope the are going to chase Mahomes all over the field. I hope the Niners bring their A game. Their running I, game is going to be as solid as it's been, and they're going to the Niners run trout on. It's going to be Niners? a tight game. I don't think they're, they're going to, anybody's going to dominate anybody, but this is the toughest matchup I think the Niners will face all year, and they have had the toughest schedule that I've ever seen an NFL team face. I don't think face. anything could be tougher for the Niners than playing the Seahawks. What do you mean? That's just those two those teams. Those two teams. I wanted show to see, for each other. and I wanted to that for that reason. I actually wanted to see the Seahawks play them in the mm-hmm. NFC Championship. I was a little bummed to see them not. I felt like we were. Due, I was a little bummed too. I was. We were due for a round three a of that. But they gave but, us Aaron Rodgers, who can't. Yeah, hit, moving, you can't hang with moving first. Moving first down markers will do that. Yeah. To you. No, but this is gonna be the toughest matchup the Niners have. But you know what? I got confidence in my boys. Yeah. We're gonna run through these next ones real quick. We're gonna, okay. we're gonna go lightning rated properly. Rated. But I do want to make one more person known. If Drew Brees and Sean Payton didn't have their one Super Bowl ring, they would be looked at as the biggest choke yeah, artist. Yeah, they'd be in the More so. With the, with the absolutely phenomenal way that they found to blow their last yeah. couple of years in the which postseason. Is, which is why I'm saying just You're having right. that the one The term was ring. underrated. I think we both agree on that one. Underrated. Having one ring, it validates a player possibly more so than anything should. Lightning round. Here we go. Playing squares. Super Bowl Sunday. Overrated. Sucks. Underrated. If you don't have a dog in a fight, it's the best way to watch a football game. No, you're you wrong. You play all this math of how the scores can change yeah, yeah, and yeah, everything, yeah. and yeah, 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 yeah. No, I only do it on Super Bowl overrated. Sunday. Overrated. Overrated. Everybody only does it on Super Bowl Sunday. That's why it's so still beautiful. overrated. It's great. Sucks. Hard disagreement there. Super Bowl commercials. I'm gonna say I'm really torn on this one. I'm going overrated. I just think that we've gone too far with it. Everybody knows what's on the line with the Super Bowl commercials how much it costs. It's almost become an impossible measure to actually live up to. And we're dealing with a a 30 second spot that's supposed to both sell its product, make everybody laugh, grab all the attention of the room. It's just asking so much for a 30 second spot for a company that's also trying to sell something. It's almost become virtually impossible to live up to all the expectations of Super Bowl Sunday commercials. And uh, most of them don't. And then I can't tell you the last time I've heard a Super Bowl Monday where everybody wasn't saying, the commercials suck this year. I didn't even like any of them. Like, it's even though there were plenty of good ones, if it was an normal Sunday, everybody would have probably been super stoked well, with the so, whatever commercials. And here's the thing. This is why I'm torn on it, because you're right. The spectacle of Super Bowl commercials, overrated. However, everybody brings their A-game. Pepsi brings their A-game. Coca-Cola brings their A-game. Budweiser brings their A-game. It's like the advertisement Olympics. Chevrolet yeah. brings their A-game. It's the and advertisement so, Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Super Bowl of commercials. So it is as, fun to see. Well. It's fun so to see. But I would say in that sense, it's properly rated because those businesses, they bring out their A-game and whatever messages they want to deliver to the masses because that's where they know they're going to get the biggest audience. That's where they get the biggest return on their marketing budget. And so, therefore, they, they just they bring it. However, the fact that it's a spectacle that somehow matches the game itself, 
That's where it's like. No, it shouldn't overshadow. I don't know. All right. Hot chicks who don't like football at the Super Bowl party. Hmm. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. I don't know that I have a take on that one. I don't really know what it's to hard say. to put in a perspective. It's of hard to put in a perspective. Yeah. Right? You go to any Super Bowl party, there's um I think that is another one that depends the, on how into the game am I. Yeah, yeah. The am wife. I there if, if it if my Niners are on the game, yeah. like hey, I am not here to get distracted. Exactly. If it's the, the Vikings and the Browns, <laughs> just kidding. Right? That would clearly never happen. The white claws are flowing. <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> If that fairy tale Super Bowl happened and it's free flowing seltzer, yellow shots, this, yeah. white claws, everybody's having a good time. Super Bowl Sunday is definitely a good time. It's a good social opportunity when I mean, you're not. It's you a know. good socializing opportunity. Sounds like you want to go underrated on this. Yeah, maybe, right. maybe. You know, most most Super Bowls, I don't have any say, skin in the game. I'll say, I'll say, so, pro- I'll say properly rated. Yeah, pro- hot chick is a hot chick. Hot chick is a hot chick. You know, what I'm like, it, it is. Two thumbs up on yeah, the, yeah, yeah. On yeah. The I'm, happy, I'm happy to see him. I don't need to talk football with him. Okay, cool. As long as they're at the party, it's fine. I like it. You just called out Jello shots. I feel like you got opinion on this. Jello shots. Do I have an opinion? I don't like vodka. So there's that. Yeah, but it tastes like Jello. It's like I do like Jello. So that puts me firmly in the middle. I'll say underrated. If I didn't feel like I was eating everybody's Jello shots, I would sit there and eat a whole tray. If I could. That's true. Because I can eat Jello all day. Underrated. And if I can get a buzz on Jello, let's go. Underrated. Super Bowl Jello Sunday, here we come. Time. Wearing football jerseys. Oh, God. Wano's list of pet peeves for grown men. You really hate guys I in really, football jerseys. I will not say that I've never worn a football jersey. Um, I am very intentional about which ones I have worn. And it's a very specific matter for me. It's a very specific matter for me. I just, I don't get the logic of showing up to an event or to a bar dressed up in the garb of your team. It's one thing if it's something that's understated. If it's one article of clothing just that just has your team's logo on it, that's one thing. When you're wearing Green Bay Packer socks, Green Bay Packer ugly Christmas sweater, and a Green Bay Packer uh, scarf, and then you're drinking out of a Green Bay Packer mug. It sounds like you're a Green Bay Packer fan. I Hate you hate that? Packers. Okay. I, well, I mean, is it because if, if we had changed all that to Raiders, would you have been okay with all that? I think stuff? that that's just as ridiculous. Okay. Where you're one article, you're one thing. I just, I don't like jerseys. People so you who go are overrated. not playing in the game. I'm just not a fan. I'm going to say so overrated. overrated. All right. Mine is very simple. Is the jersey relevant to the game? Properly rated. 100% If it's that. If it's not relevant to the game, yeah, yeah. super overrated. Don't be the Cleveland Indians fan who shows up to a New York Giants Baltimore Ravens game wearing Cleveland Indians gear. New York Giants Baltimore, that's a completely different sport. I know. Yeah. That's no, the point. People I, do I, that. I agree with you. As a Cleveland Indians that. fan, I would agree. That would Pe- that would be people people show up. People fucking sh- stupid as for hell. some reason show up to events wearing their team's colors and their team's gear. Yeah. Uh, when their team's not on the court or the field or even in the same damn league sometimes. Yeah. That blows me away. I do want to just give this one quick story. When I was working at Sharks Cove back in the day, we used to work, we were next to Hennessy's. I bartended every Sunday one year. The bar next to us, they clearly were told, you wear football jerseys on Sundays. And both bartenders that were always there happened to always wear Colts Peyton Manning jerseys. And this was long after Peyton Manning had been on the Colts. So it was clear that that was just the football jersey they had. Mm-hmm. And so that was like what they, oh, they told us to wear football jerseys. Mm-hmm. I have a Colts Peyton Manning jersey, so I put it on. They wore it every Sunday, 
both of them. I just looked at it as a sports fan and I was like, you just killed the entire validation of your bar as a sports yeah. fan. Like, I wouldn't take you seriously, especially the fact that you're there wearing that every week. That was embarrassing to me, so that was super overrated. Um, real quick, this one will be just like basically a one word answer. Just the entire Super Bowl week. Oh, Super Bowl week? Overrated. Doesn't need to be a full week. I'm sorry. The fact that everybody is checking out what's happening, mm -hmm. properly rated. If, if it's getting ratings, if everything they're doing is rating, eh, it's fine. Whatever. People want to look at it. I feel bad for the players. I got to think that there's a lot of players in there that are like, shit, man, I'm just trying to play a football game. I don't, why do I need to do 9,000 interviews this week and like do a segment and like pick Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Honeycombs, you know, like whatever the fuck they're making them do that week. Like yeah. they got to do a bunch of crazy, ridiculous stuff. That's Especially exactly if you're like the quarterback rated. for the team. Yeah. I love that you just made the argument for it being overrated. I did, but it's probably rated because like that's what the Super Bowl is. Okay. It's the biggest moment of the year that sports has to offer. There's not a whole lot else going on in the sports world that week. So what else are we going to talk about? We're going to overanalyze the shit out of this game that's and we're going to make fun things out of it. No, it's just, yeah. Okay. It's what it is. That's Super Bowl week. All right. All right. So that I think concludes this round. Overrated, underrated, and properly rated. I think it's finally time to get into thing number two. Thing number two. That was really good. You should look into a career as doing a movie preview guy. Number two. And it is time for Unpopular Opinions Super Bowl Edition. Mmm. I'm gonna go ahead and kick us off. I like that. I would explain it, but I feel like it's gonna be self-explanatory once we get into it. It's so an unpopular gonna... opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Pete Carroll throwing on second and one. Not a bad play call. I think it was first and I goal. looked it up. Seahawks had one timeout, second and goal, one Third yard goal. to go. This has almost unanimously been decided was like the worst call in Super Bowl history. Yeah. People lot over it as the main reason the Seahawks lost that game and gave the Patriots another Super Bowl and they were like, we have Marshawn Lynch, how do you not just plow into the end zone? It's not the most in-depth understanding of the game to say, oh, you just hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch in that situation, guaranteed he's gonna score. Like, you don't have to be a football scholar to understand that Marshawn Lynch is actually not the preeminent goal line back. In that off. season, he was very unsuccessful yes. on one yard goal line. Yes. I actually think I saw once that he didn't have and a single touchdown that, for one a, yard line. That's a lot of what I hear from people's, oh, he was on fire that game. You just give him the ball and he's gonna get in because it's the Super Bowl and he's Marshawn Lynch. And I love Marshawn Lynch. I think he's amazing. However, I just, we've seen it. We even just saw it recently with him joining the Seahawks in the playoffs. I mean, you it's give hard him to the ball in a goal line situation, and he's not automatic. I do have to point out that arguing 2020 Marshawn to 2014 Marshawn is not yes. fair. I just think what we witnessed there was quite simply the greatest defensive play in football history. Thousand percent. Malcolm Butler not only was able to read the play, dive in there, not only just get his hands on the ball, but rip the ball out and keep it. Absolutely astounding athletic achievement. Also, because he knew it was coming because of the organization that he played in and his coach being Bill Belichick and him being ultimately prepared for that moment in that situation. He was coached well for that, yeah. Him recognizing in that moment before they even snapped the ball what was happening. He had to have, yeah. And, he, and here's the other thing is that that play that was ran, that inside slant, is not an uncommon play no. in that situation for a very specific reason. It's 
really hard to defend. And what happened in this situation was Malcolm Butler just jumped the route. He knew it was coming beforehand. So let's say on second down, if you're stopped running the ball, you now have no timeouts on third down or fourth down. So really what Pete Carroll was doing in that situation by passing the ball was he was setting himself up for if we don't succeed on this high percentage play, on third down, with one timeout, we actually have the entire playbook open to us. Exactly. When Pete was asked about it after the game, he said, we were gonna throw on one of those downs, we thought we would get it there, because the prevalent thought was, if it didn't work, it was a common play. If it is defended well, mm -hmm. it's almost always knocked down. Mm -hmm. I looked into it 66 times that year. Coaches in the NFL threw on first and goal. Not once was it intercepted. That was a freak incident. I would say like a one in 900 shot that it would actually be picked up. Or, so, you, to your point, if it was actually just knocked down, boom, couple seconds off the clock, they didn't want to give Brady too much time on the other end, stops. so that was the great time to do that. Run yeah. a couple seconds off of it. You keep your time out if you don't get in on third and down. And you have, so again, you you have the whole playbook open to yes. you. Now, you keep calling it a freak play. I personally don't think it was a freak play at all. Because he read it, right. Because he was coached, which yeah. leads to my unpopular opinion, Tom Brady, not the GOAT. He is the benefactor of what has become the greatest system in all of the NFL over now two decades. And that play actually was a perfect example of that because the way I look at it, and I always make this joke to people and they, oh my God, are you really saying this, Tom No, Brady? Juan, Juan has been waiting I, to make this case on the podcast Tom since Brady, we started it. Tom <laughs> He's Brady been waiting to get his Hall Tom Brady piece Tom in. Tom Brady is a Hall of Fame kicker away from going down in history as a backup from Michigan. <laughs> he really is. Oh my God. He is the guy who, when the coin fell on one side, he was always on the winning side of it. And not I anymore, get, not anymore. And I get there's greatness that you need to attain and to you, you need to reach in order to even be in that situation. And then also for him to capitalize on it. But we, I feel, have not really ever seen any athlete who's been in so many situations where you could literally flip a coin on what the result of that one play could have been and that one person happened to just be on the winning side of it so damn much. And now here's the other thing, it's not even, if we don't even wanna talk about the luck factor in it, I've always argued that really the reason the Patriots have been so great has been because of Bill Belichick and not Tom Brady. This is a chicken or the egg conversation. And somehow, some way, everybody just defaults to Tom Brady's the GOAT, Tom Brady's the GOAT, Tom Brady's the GOAT. However, dude, the Patriots went 11 and 5 one year without Tom Brady. They went 11 and 5 with Matt Castle. That's insane. Nice. But they were that good. They were a good team. Under yeah, Matt they, Castle. The pieces have been there, yeah. So they went 3 and 1 with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. And that and averages out to a 750 winning percentage over 20 games without Tom Brady in two decades. That's pretty darn good. And that's why I'm actually hoping that we can finally see Brady and Belichick on separate sides of the field because I would love to see what both of them can do without each other. I yeah. think we're all do that, you know? I just think Bill Belichick is 
so far above he's, and beyond he's the everybody best coach else. Of an NFL series. And a Tom Brady is a great quarterback. I do always say that Tom Brady has found himself in the best situation that any quarterback 100%. can be. I also will say I don't think you can quite use the coin flip thing because there's something to be said when somebody has found their way onto the right side of the coin flip. Yes, as yes, much yes, as yes, he yes, has yes, yes. in the big game. And I acknowledge that. So I acknowledge yeah, that, you did. Like, you still have to capitalize on that. But but I just he's think a big game. It, it so happens, he comes up in big games. He does but it come happens up. Happens so much. What it really started with, obviously, was the the tuck rule. It started oh my with. God. It You've started been with. Trying so hard to work the Started with. It started with what was a blatant fumble. Oh my God! No, I'm not going to let our Super Bowl discussion get I'm into the I'm just saying. Tuck I'm just saying. No, I know you're going to find that that wasn't a fumble. Okay, without that, that play, he never wins his that, first Super Bowl. Okay, without and that, Adam Vinatieri, without and then, Adam Vinatieri, and without without that play, he doesn't win six Super Bowls. Right? Without Adam Vinatieri, okay. he doesn't win his first three. It does help to have a great kicker. But here's the other. The thing. fact is, he had his teammate in position to win that many times. Yeah. So, however, he wasn't given Adam Vinatieri chip shot field goals to win those games. In fact, that very first one against the Rams. I mean, he had to kick like two, maybe, maybe three 50 plus yard field goals just to keep them alive. I did see that recently though. I had forgotten because I was so young when I watched that, but the announcers as the pitchers took the ball in the last possession were literally saying like, you just got to play for overtime here. They're like, don't even risk it. Like, of course that goes to Belichick too, but the fact is he was a first year quarterback who had only played a few games. Mm -hmm. The fact that he was able to make a couple of big plays mm -hmm. to even get them in yeah, field goal range at the end of the Super Bowl, that showed that he had something more than just a system guy. I'm gonna give him he's more credit than that. I will not argue against the fact that he has been put in the best position of any he's player in biggest, NFL history. the biggest system benefactor in the history of the game. Yeah, that's fair. On that note, let me jump into the next one. Joe Namath probably shouldn't be a legend. He's just a guy who was on a team who won a big game in a Super Bowl. Depends on how you look at it. He's a benefactor of the media running wild mm -hmm. in early Super Bowl days, to which at that point, nobody could have actually really predicted what the Super Bowl was to become. In fact, that win, the fact that it then justified the AFL at the time. What was that, Super Bowl three? Super Bowl three, when Joe Namath Guaranteed a win, yeah. and then they beat the Colts. And then they went First of all, I'm pretty sure he was just asked if he guaranteed it, and he was just—he was like 23. He was a young yeah, yeah. party boy New party Yorker. Boy, yeah, he—he he of course is gonna be like, yeah, I guarantee it. First of all, guarantees mean nothing because nobody ever nobody calls name, you on it. If name you one person it. that you've ever heard known for calling a guarantee that didn't work out. Shit happens all the time. People always say, yeah, I guarantee it, because yeah, the yeah. media likes to print yeah, yeah. that up. Cowboy they fans will... get Super Bowl insert whichever Super Bowl this year winner tattoos all the time. Oh, yeah. And, and there's a lot of people with bad cowboy tattoos and bad yeah. Super Bowl tattoos 100%. in general. And here's the thing that somehow is always lost when we talk about that game. Johnny Unitas was barely capable of playing. Mm -hmm. That early Baltimore Colts team, one of the early great teams in football, their quarterback was, I don't even think he was playing up until that game. He was super injured. Mm -hmm. The Jets have never won another Super Bowl, have they? That's their only no, Super no, no, no. That's, that's the only time so, the Jets won, which so is a big what, part of that, I think. Here's the deal. It's, it's the New York Jets. Right. It's, and he's Broadway Joe. So really, the infatuation, the, inf uh, the affection towards Broadway Joe Namath, it's the bigger-than-life persona that came with it. It's just like if Mark Sanchez had done the same thing for right. the Jets. He had the persona that it, they wanted at that time, and it worked out perfectly because it led the to the, the merger. the persona that still continues to tell a good story. Right. Especially because it was
Super Bowl three, and up until that point, Super Bowls were just nothing at that point. It was like, oh, they're gonna play each other, and the Packers are obviously the better team, and they're gonna blow out the other team, and like the AFL was not really respected at that point. He gave them credibility, which led to the merger, which led to what the NFL is today. Mm -hmm. So it works out in history sense. It's just the perfect storytelling device that everybody loves to use. But the fact is, Joe Namath, very average quarterback that just happened to play a game against a team that had an injury. I just looked it up. Johnny Unitas missed nine games leading up to it that because he was injured. So imagine getting the Colts in the Super Bowl during the Peyton Manning era, and Peyton Manning is coming back from missing nine games of But let me point out something. That would not be overlooked. The NFL has lived on as long as it has, and this game has become what it is because literally the best professional advice I've ever been given was by a guy who's now at ESPN, Michael Eaves. This is when I was still working in sports broadcasting. I was hosting a local television show as the local sports anchor, and he said to me, not everybody likes sports. Everybody loves a good story. Yep. And you just said yourself, what Joe Namath did in Super Bowl three elevated the game to a level that nobody knew what the Super Bowl was gonna become, but the Super Bowl started evolving into a spectacle from that point because it supersedes the actual game on the field. It's something a lot of people who don't necessarily appreciate the game of football, but they appreciate the Super Bowl for the spectacle that it is. Joe Namath was really the turning point in making all of that possible. From just a historical storytelling perspective, Joe Namath, properly rated. As a player, very average though. And he tends to be remembered as one of the legendary quarterbacks. And he was subpar. He was basically like Vinny Testaverde Mm -hmm. at the right time. And for a city that is starved for another star and because he's all they've gotten, they always got to go back to him. And you're right, right place, right time. He was at the beginning of the Super Bowl era that needed a big game of which his outcome ended up altering the history of how the NFL and the Super Bowl is done. So I'm not going to deny the fact that the game was legendary. The moment was legendary. The guarantee ended up being legendary. I'm just saying Joe Namath himself, mm, not as legendary as players as everybody likes to remember. That's my call. Okay. We need to get over the 85 Bears. We need to get over the 85 Bears already. It's on par with uh, with you people hearkening back to Kirk Gibson rounding first base in the 80s. Oh my God, stop <laughs> making this about the Dodgers. <laughs> One thing let's get through without you dragging the Dodgers up. And you bring up their you good moments too. It's d- fucking insane. I know, and you get upset about them because you know I'm right. Because we're talking about football today. How are you possibly bringing I'm up the Dodgers this many times? Connecting the dots. Man, somehow the 85 Bears, and this goes back to exactly how we started this podcast, just how far one ring can get you. Not just as a player, but as an organization. The sad truth is the Bears still build their entire organization around that blueprint. Defense wins championships. Soldier Field. Right? The Hatless Family. Yeah. And, and Dick the game, Butkus. The game is not. Best name the, in NFL The history. game is nothing like the game was in 1985, but somehow, some way, for whatever reason, the Chicago Bears and their fans love to just hang on to that that image of hard-nosed football, three yards and a and a pile of dust. What is it? Three yards and a cloud of dust? Is that the saying? I don't know. Three yards and a cloud of dust. Do you football. need me to point out I, why? 
I think it's because the Bears have literally never had a good quarterback in their entire history. I think, I think it's, it's more about that and I, that they've the defense is all they have to hang However, on to. because there's this attachment to what the Bears did in 1985 winning that championship, the way that they won it, because it was such a phenomenon in just one year, that entire organization still tries to live by that same persona. They still try to live by that same image and therefore they try to build their team in that same way and it doesn't work for them because the game is not the same game. And so they as an organization are left behind because they're trying to win a certain way that they cannot actually win. Okay, but I think you're making this too much about the Bears' history and less about the actually 85 Bears. Like, mm -mm. let mm -mm. me just point out, mm -mm. the 85 Bears were a dominant team, very much defensive-based. My point- They had one of the most epic seasons in NFL history. My point is And they steamrolled the, the Super Bowl. But my so point- So where's your argument point, against them? Because my point is that their insistence on hanging on to that history- That's all they got. It's like the it's, Jets it's, it's, with it's a, name it's it. A chicken or the, it's a chicken or the egg. They're trying to recreate that. They're not just trying to win for the sake of winning. They're trying to win like the 85 Bears did it. Go with what's worked, I don't know. They wouldn't drafted Mitch Trubisky. He's garbage. I know, but that doesn't necessarily speak to them trying to win like the 85 Bears. That's but my point is, is that they, they still can't even- They would have gone with Solomon Thomas if that was They the still can't even figure out how to put together a decent offensive team right. because they're so stuck in okay. the fact that All right. 35 years ago we were really great on defense so we're but only focused on doing that and why, doing that well. Why does that mean that we should forget what was a great defensive team? Because I think we need to flip our perspective because everybody still hangs on to how great that team was and we are so far removed from it now that I'm just tired of hearing those Three words, 85 bears. Right, okay, I think the connection between the last two ones that we've just discussed are both that these are legendary long-time organizations in huge market cities in which that was really the only team they've ever had that was successful. That's a good point. So, the Jets always still hang on to the Joe Namath guarantee because that's the last time they won the Super Bowl. The big-time Chicago sports fans love to still bring up the 85 bears because that was the last time they won the Super Bowl. But I will point this out about the 85 bears. They had swag for days. We love teams with personalities. Those are the ones that stand the test of time. And they had swag for days, including perhaps the best moment in Super Bowl history. You really think that was the best moment? It was up there. And I think that brings us to thing number three. Thing number three. Number three. And that means it's time to do a classic version of Break Down This Song. And there's really no better song we could possibly do for the Super Bowl special than that very Chicago Bears of 85's Super Bowl Shuffle. Hmm. I don't know, man. You already done that? I'm not sold. You're already not sold? I'm not sold. We are the Bears, shuffling through, shuffling on down, doing it for you. Dude, they're shuffling it all down and doing it for you. What more could you have? Like you knew we would. Confident as fuck. Yeah. Right off the get-go. Like they knew they would do. We're not here to start no trouble. We're just here to 
Sweetness brought Walter Payton. Walter I feel like that's not really a hot take. We're not here to look for trouble. We just came to do the Super Bowl shuffle. It's, it's a little meek, but it rhymes, though. He and said that's something a, about feeding the needy. Yeah, because they didn't come to be too greedy. Yeah, I don't know why. He's, I, don't, I don't get that. This was a problem with hip-hop music in 1985 was that people just threw in things that rhymed for the sake of... That was, that was the 80s, bro. Was, that's that's 80s rap. You gotta think about it. Literally, just in 19. What rhymes with purple? Whatever word we can think of, let's just Nerple. throw it in there. So think about this. In 1985, where was rap at? It was literally like a few years old, mm -hmm. and the rap that we had was not nearly as intricate as it was this. Now. It was this. The rap that we it had was, was a this. keyboard backbeat. Like, give me a beat and a couple of claps. And then you just kind of made things rhyme. It didn't matter what they were saying. I know, but I'm still hung up on that. I don't think any one of these people were playing the game at this point in their life to feed the needy. It's disingenuous, that's all I'm saying. Because they weren't there to cause no trouble. They He's were just there the Super Bowl to do the Super okay, Bowl that's shuffle. Okay, what you're saying. This is Petey Will, and I'm world class. I like Willie Gall. Willie Gall. Willie Gall. Oh, Will. You know, I feel like all they're doing is just saying things. Yeah, that's going to be the song. About football. Just under, just in understand. rhythm. It's important that you got that out of the way now. Because that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I this song is. I, that's what the Super Bowl shuffle is. I, Congratulations, you figured it out. I don't like it. It's Super Bowl season, so we gotta listen to it. There's no one here that doesn't like me. My Super Bowl shuffle will set you free. The Super Bowl shuffle will set you free, Ron. What do you think he meant by that? My Super Bowl shuffle will set you free. I think it meant that this rhymed. So let's put it in there. The person who wrote the song oh, said, hey, man, I feel like that might have been a little innuendo. What do you think? It, you think he was trying to be flirtatious with the ladies? They, they're all, this. all of this is flirtatious. Didn't he not just say, I dance all night? Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I'm Samurai Mike. Ooh, do we, uh, Mike Singletary. I, I, I want to get into Mike Singletary. I know you, well, we're going to let you have your, your Mike Singletary moment. Samurai Mike, bro. We're currently only listening to this and breaking down the lyrics. I feel like we need to watch this. Oh, you're right, we do. Because I kind of want to know it. what the Super Bowl shuffle actually That's right, that was what we were was. supposed to do. Look at him dance on There's your boy. You know what I love oh my about God, all of that? that the best what I love about 80s. all of that is that now that in hindsight, knowing who Mike Singletary is, yes, because we didn't grow up with Mike Singletary. I did. A he was bit. he was a little bit before our time. No, as a player, yeah. As and then a player. I, I grew up with him as a coach. And then and we knew what we we know him more as as the guy who was a not very successful coach. But yeah, but he was a hell of a personality. He was a head coach that you knew was in the league. Like yes. he made his present felt. Can't win with him. Can't play with him. Can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, we all That's remember Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary, right? He was also the guy who, when the Niners started out 0 and 5, guaranteed a playoff berth, which 
I will also point out was when the NFC West was by far the worst division in the NFL. So and it wasn't didn't that the Seahawks go on to, to, to make the playoffs with a seven nine record? Also yeah. historic. So it wasn't that bad of a prediction. But that was how he was. He was a bold, headstrong coach, born out of this hard knocks Chicago Bears eighty five style. That verse right there points out one of the very interesting things about what this but, team was. It was a combination of this old school Chicago football style that Mike Singletary and Buddy Ryan brought to the table as the defensive coordinator combined with this magnificent swag that grabbed everybody's attention and that is completely on display here with the Super Bowl shuffle. I just think it's funny that we saw, uh, to start off this song, we saw Walter Payton and we saw Sweetness. Mm -hmm. We saw Speedy Will. Willie Gall. Willie Gall. And both of them were two-stepping the whole time they were mm-hmm. doing their thing. They were standing in front of the mic. Yeah, you really need to watch. They're two-stepping. You, be, you need to be able to, as, and then as Mike stiff as Mike Singletary's words are, <laughs> his presence is, he tries to use his arms with every single bit. And like, Mike Singletary gets on the mic and guaranteed he did not move his feet one time. And, and then you know, what, you know what else verse. I guarantee? That, that was take 58. Exactly. <laughs> I guarantee you. And, and, well, as many times as he was willing to do. And he wore his until, trademark. And he wore his trademark glasses. And he has his glasses on. And as many times as he was willing to do until he finally said, I'm done. I'm done. Fuck this. Won't do it. That's the last one you're going to use. <laughs> Can't do it. How about, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Are you gonna make a cowbell reference? Uh, we right have now? to make a cowbell reference, yeah, right? There's a few cowbells in there. How? How? But there's actually a good amount of cowbell in the song. But so. how low on the totem pole do you have to be, as far as the team dynamic goes, to be the guy that when it's like, hey, it's early December, we're calling our shot? Because when did this this was released? This, we just December looked it up. 3rd. This was put out December third, nineteen eighty five. Which actually means they recorded it. Like, it Early in the, like at least a few weeks before that. So think about that. It was this was put out midway through the season. It was recorded midway through the, the season. The game is not played until at that point, end of January, early February, right? Yeah, that's the astounding thing. So the fact that the, like the this hockiness, like if they had not won this year, this would have been the most. The fact that they're calling it the Super Bowl Shuffle before they even got this. I don't Bowl. think it would have been the most ridiculous thing because I'm sure we could probably dig up. No, no, no. The other well, things that teams have done. This was the 80s. The 80s, there's several examples of teams doing music videos like this. This isn't the only one. But what I'm saying is that it's called the Super Bowl Shuffle. So they're calling their shot that they're going to be in the Super Bowl at least. And they were doing it in mid-November. Like, think about the NFL landscape now. What team maybe ever? Maybe mid-November. Maybe, maybe mid-November. They might maybe. have been doing. They might have filmed this in September. Nah, because the team camp. built the swagger that season. If you watch like a documentary team, like by the end of Refrigerator Perry was uh, a rookie going into the season, and by the time it was like late October, he was like a celebrity. So it had to be around that time when they're really picking up, because that was when everybody was like, "Oh shit, the Bears, they got some swagger." Okay. Yes. Look at those dance moves. Okay, oh, Jim McMahon is 100% wow. green screened into this shot. 
Jim McMahon, Jim McMahon did not show up. Jim, Jim McMahon slept in for the shoot. Jim McMahon did not make call time. Does he rap? Wait, I think I, I feel like we gotta be getting to his rap. I don't real quick, did he just call himself Mama Boy Oitis? Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the play call with Jim McMahon wearing the uh the sunglasses. The shades? The, the, the sunglasses. Jim McMahon has some eye issues, though. Like, he Does has he really? to wear sunglasses. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. If you, if you haven't noticed, in the past, like, 20 years, you won't find him without sunglasses. He's, so that's why it's his, like, signature look. But it works with the Super Bowl shuffle, though. Because, you know. I know, but just plays, looking at it. I think it's more that him clearly uh, green screened in is more the issue, but. That's it. The ladies all love me for my body and my mind. I'm flicking on the floor as I can be. But ain't no sign gonna get past me. Some guys are jealous of a scouting class. That's why I'm a big boy. Oh, yeah. I didn't come here looking for trouble. I'm just getting down to the Super Bowl show. Oh man, the air sacks and Is he really thing. playing that? Nobody is actually playing any real instruments at this point. Are you point. sure? Yes. I don't think uh, Refrigerator Perry knows how to play the second. Hold on, what if that was really what was going on here all this time? If this team actually performed all of the... the <laughs> I don't know where you're going. The musical score? The they musical definitely score. did not provide the music. What if they did, they though? Did. What if they did? What if that was the charm all along? Was that these guys were really They're breaking actually it down? a low-key jazz they band in an underground Chi-Town jazz club. Exactly, scene. 16 bar saxophone. <laughs> Maybe that's what was really going on here. They were running train in the Chi-Town night scene. They were not practicing their sax solo. Wait a second. Who is that? Who's number four? Who is that? Look that is up. He's got to be either a Look kicker or a He looks like a quarterback. Kicker. He 1,000% looks like a kicker. No, because no, he said if Jimbo can't get it, I sure can. I'm pretty sure that's a backup quarterback. Yeah, no, that's definitely a backup quarterback. Roster. Number four. Wikipedia Number four. You know what? I No, that was before Harbaugh's time. Yeah. I'm really intrigued by this right now. No, they just gave the backup quarterback uh, a verse, I think is what just happened. I mean, Jimbo, it's not Jimbo. there he is. Number four, Steve Fuller, quarterback. Yeah, it's Steve Fuller. It was the backup, backup quarterback from Clemson. He was 28 matter. years old at the time. Nothing else matters at no, this no, point. No, no, no. He was the backup quarterback. Definitely, he played in five games that year? Is they that that gave says? the backup quarterback. No, 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 hold on. Did he really play in five games that year? Game started. Yeah, I guess he did. Game started five. All right, so that gives so us So he wasn't cred. really the backup quarterback. Well, no, he was. I, I assume that means Jim McMahon was hurt for a few games, which gives him cred to be able to say, if Jimbo can't do it, I sure can. not But at least he knows his place. Hang on, Dallas. This is for Mike and Papa Bear Hollis. I'm not here. The no, 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 wait. You know what? Stop it. I'm super you offended. You don't like that. You don't I'm like super shout offended. out to Hollis. No, 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 no. That wasn't it. It just occurred to me how fucked up it is. I don't care that he played a few games. You're doing a rap in the '80s. You got like three white guys in the roster, and you give an entire verse to the backup QB. The refrigerator Perry, he couldn't get in there. Didn't he have a verse? He hasn't I yet. Like he did. You couldn't even give Mongo McMichael. No, 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 no. You couldn't give Leslie Frazier. Let's look for him. I'm L.A. Mike and I play it cool. They don't sneak by because I'm no fool. I can break them and shake them any time of day. I do like that stage though. Make them fake. 
I will say this, that was my favorite lead into the rhyme of uh, Super Bowl Shuffle. Please don't There's try to Mike. beat my hustle. There's Mike again. There he is. There's, right there. there's Fridge. There's Fridge. Yes, he knows me. At this, at this verse, it feels like they're just kind of like running out of steam a little bit. But though, this actually, this actually goes to show you something right here. I, I made a comment about this potentially being recorded as early as September. As you pointed out, Refrigerator Perry was starting to gain some steam. Yeah, by the end, headlines. He was a rookie at the beginning of the season. By this point, he was like the star of the team. By this point in December, he was the star of the team. But by this point, when they recorded this oh, song... Oh, maybe he wasn't like the... He's the, not he was, even getting any credit. They stiffed him for the backup quarterback. Exactly. Who, at that point, probably hadn't started five games. Exactly. So... I'm still mad that they give Steve I Fuller a full I think that they recorded this fresh out of training camp. Which... Hey, dude. Fucking swag as hell. Fridge Perry's Alright. Did he just talk about 46 Zone in a rap song in 1985? Yeah, because it's a football team rapping about football. That's what's happening. Also, his verse was eight bars too long. I don't know why he got so much time. Too many white guys on the track, Bears. There he is. There's Fridge. Oh, Fridge. Okay, okay, maybe, okay maybe they're building it up. Killed. There we go. Okay, wait. I think okay. I see what the problem is. He's actually very bad at rapping. There we go. There. Shuffling crew. Oh, dude, working the dramas. All right. <sighs> so many opinions about this. I don't know what to think about it. I, I gotta mean, I don't say, really have any strong feelings. I just if you could wrap the '80s up in a tiny music video nutshell, I feel like that would be one of the nutshells that you could wrap it into. All of it, the the cheesy music video aspect, the poor green screening, the keyboard hip hop dance mix with very unclever rhymes on top of it, just passed off as a rap. The dance moves, the fact that it's the '85 Bears. Everything about it, I think, is just as 80s as it gets. The fact that it was dead center in the middle of the 80s, and the fact that it was a time when an NFL team could put this out midway through the season and not get killed for it. Do you even know? Can you even imagine if a team dared put this out, even if they recorded it and put it out Super Bowl week now? Mm -hmm. If the Niners put that video out this week, I would be mortified. I'd be like, holy fuck, we just dug an epic grave that we a, might never a, that's curse shit that's the kind a, of shit if the Niners put that out right now I'd be like we just cursed easy, ourselves for life very easy explanation for that it was the 80s you do anything now when you do anything that's recorded it's worldwide right that means everything is fair game as far as news goes there's no such thing as a local market anymore whereas when the Bears made this I guarantee some like marketing person had the idea to make that and it was all about getting Chicago pumped up for the season and that was their objective so it was the 80s and 
Yeah, it was the 80s. I mean, it was a different time, right? This shit they flew could back put then. That, I guarantee that song went out in early December of 1980. It probably hit top 10 on the billboards. They were probably playing that shit on the radio at the time. Just by virtue of the way that news was spread, it did not become a national phenomenon on December 3rd of 1985 in the way that it would today. Things happen now that become instant national and global headlines. Yeah, no, it's different. Back then, that did not happen. We're Either way, it took an insane amount of confidence swag to put that out and like know that everybody was going to see it, including your opponents, and not give a fuck and just be like, yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Who gives a okay. shit? We already know it. If they hadn't pulled that off, we would look at that 85 Bears, to your last point, completely different light. They could be looked at as one of the most ridiculously underperforming teams of all time with that as their hallmark. Also, bring back full circle having one ring. That team only won one ring. Yep, that and that's it. all it took to validate that. But if they hadn't won that one ring, not only would the 85 Bears be looked at as one of the teams that were all time didn't get it done, but they'd be one of the biggest laughing stocks in NFL history because 100%. they put that shit out. Yeah. So I think that instead caps the up. Bears are the laughing stock of the NFL now. Oh, for a few years. I actually would argue because of the what the 85 Bears did, they have given that team a decent amount of clout still, still to this day. Still somehow by somehow them, to this day they're still known. And Mike Ditka is still remembered as a great coach, uh, even though his defensive coordinator was really I, the motor that made an engine go. Personally, I think it was a sweater vest, but you could say what you want Well, say. that was part of why we, we love Ditka for many reasons, and his ability to coach, I think, is often overlooked because we love the sweater vest, the voice, the demeanor. The glasses. Yeah, all the, the shit mustache. he brought to the table. Anyways, I gotta say, you know what? Listening back to it, I can jam to that. I, as bad as the rap is, as cheesy as it is, I just love me some good old-fashioned 80s cheese. Okay. And I love myself some good old-fashioned football history. So the combination of the two, seeing the guys like Mike Singletary, Walter Payton, Refrigerator Perry, Samurai get down Mike. to the rep, Samurai Mike, whoever the fuck that backup Speedy quarterback Will. was that got a whole verse, <laughs> Steve Fuller, I'm still going to fight them on that. I don't know. Like, you didn't have another linebacker that was back there doing the shuffle that yeah, couldn't yeah, get yeah. a line in? Come on, yeah. dude. He probably could have used that. Another kind defensive of, end. He could have used the rub. Anyways, that alone actually just validated their whole... That's all I needed to see as the argument as to why the 85 Bears are not overrated myself. So They are absolutely I just, overrated. I just combated your last one absolutely with that whole Absolutely overrated. That's the beauty thing about 80s rap. Everybody sees it differently. That being said, we are all out of time on the Finally. Super Bowl special. Thank you for hanging with us. I don't know exactly what the full running time of this, but I'm sure it is... Way too long. You're listening to this, <laughs> and by now it's Super Bowl Monday. I hope you appreciated this edition of 39 Things We Gotta Talk About. Super Bowl edition. 39 Things. With that being said, I hope you all. 39. <laughs> Enjoy yourself this Super Bowl Sunday. Go Niners. Go Niners. We are out of here. <laughs>